You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research here at the University of Victoria. I'm Colleen, and I'll be your host today. I'm so excited today to have as my guest Trudy Pollock-Penner. Welcome, Trudy. It's a pleasure to be here. And Thank how you are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thank you. I was hoping that you could tell us what you're pursuing, but we could backtrack from that and say, how does one get there to this particular degree? Good question. So uh, my background is a BFA in, in theater, mm-hmm. particularly at that time it was referred to as theater and education, nice. which now we refer to as applied theater. And I work in the field quite some time, basically implementing drama programs in schools nice. on a freelance basis. And I, I, I am an older adult back in school, <laughs> in and out over time. As am I. Yes. So I have returned uh, after my BFA and working for a while to do an interdisciplinary master's degree in counseling, psych leadership, and more applied theater, because I knew what I wanted to do inevitably was design and develop programs. Okay, so you went from a Bachelor of Fine Mm -hmm. Arts Mm -hmm. to... To uh, interdisciplinary master's in curriculum education Uh and and applied theater. Excellent. So that's... Not that I wanted to become the counselor, per se, in the office, Mm -hmm. but I felt that it was important that I have sort of that theoretical underpinning if I would be working with vulnerable populations. Because oh. um, that's in essence what applied theater is, is working with the strategies and conventions of the theater and drama, process drama, to raise awareness, bring about social change. Mm-hmm. So I felt that balance was really important. And what brought you to that? I mean, it's one thing to study it in school, uh. but is there something <laughs> in your life? Is this something you thought of when you I, were little? Or? I'm, I'm in an... Enigma in my family, the only one who's <laughs> gone to university. Uh, oh. Not really. It wasn't really considered a real work. The only oh, European. I understand. But for me, it was very, very important. I'd always dreamed of one day going to school and doing a degree. So long story short, it all began almost 30 years ago when I thought I'd become a teacher. So okay. I applied to UVic. Yes. And at that time, first-year education... A theater and education course was a required course. And mm-hmm. I honestly went into it with my arms crossed internally, not visibly, um, thinking, well, what's this got to do with education? Well, man, life-altering. Life life-altering life. yes. Because one, to this day, my idolized mentor, Juliana Saxon, was teaching. Oh. And right then and there, I thought, aha. This is what I want to do. This yes. is the work I want to do. Yes, she is fabulous. She, she's actually one of the reasons she and mm-hmm. Carol Miller yeah. were two of the people that, when I was getting my master's in theater and drama for the young just a few years ago mm-hmm. at Eastern Michigan University yeah. on the other side of the continent, it's a really small-knit mm-hmm. community worldwide, mm-hmm. and they said, you need to go mm-hmm. check out where... Carol Miller and Juliana Sexton are. Absolutely. So it's been an absolute privilege for me to learn from, from both. Oh, great. Yeah, so I knew that was the work I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to balance it out. So I did my interdisciplinary master's, counseling psych, applied theater. And after that, I freelanced for almost 
almost 15 years in and out. Freelanced in what Freelanced capacity? Freelanced as an... I set up something that I called Applied Theatre Consulting Services. Oh, Not being a you. licensed counselor, I couldn't hang that shingle and didn't yes. want to. But in essence, I basically designed and developed and implemented Applied Theatre Programs. My line is across arts, healthcare, education contexts. Brilliant. Working with various age groups and different stages in life. So programs such as... I don't like the term. I think it's a media term, bullying, anti-bullying, setting up groups um, that way, uh, drug and alcohol addiction programs, that kind of thing. And what takes me to the current, at one point in time, I was artistic director for Target Theater here in Victoria, a thriving seniors company. And I thought I had an original idea, and that was, what if we bring the generations together, the young and the old? Wonderful. So I had a theory that ageism existed in both of the populations, that both were unaware and maybe intimidated or afraid of each other. Yes. And then if we could come together... And through workshops and devise a theater piece that they would probably discover they had a lot more in common than they had did different. As it turns out, it didn't fly. Um, No, no. My premise was accurate, and that's all I'll say it from that perspective. So I let it go, but... I was already in my master's program at the time, and it was Carol Miller who said to me, ah, that sounds like the work of Pam Schweitzer in the UK, London. Blackheath, London has a center called the Age Exchange. You should look her up. So, second key moment in life. What I take from that is a, a wonderful reminder, especially to, I know there's others out there listening, that often we're trained to look at failure or something that doesn't work as, well, we mm-hmm. screwed up, that was bad. Mm-hmm. But in reality, no. what it does is actually, I tend to learn so much more from something that didn't work in this one way I thought was the only way it could work. And all of a sudden, my mind is open. Mm-hmm. And it would never have occurred if I, it had just been, could have been by luck that it worked. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't by luck that it didn't work. You know what I mean? So Oh, I absolutely. It led to the whole series of events. It led to where I am now. Oh, um, I love that. So you didn't so let it stop you. there was you. a structure, there was a framework, there was an idea. But yes. So I sort of entered into education and still do with the premise of, well, here's my beginning. Here's my entry point. Here's, nice. here's what I think I'm going to be exploring and work at that, of course, but then be open to what transforms along the way. Oh, brilliant. And look at those learning opportunities. So that all led basically to, yes, Reminiscence Theater. I connected up with Pam Schweitzer, um, met her, brought her here, did a few events with her, was very, very inspired by by her work. And, and, and what would be an example of one of the programs that, that you worked on with her? Well, I brought her mainly as a guest speaker to okay. tour around to okay. to some of the care facilities. The work is very novel here. It's emerging more and more, but in the UK and other parts of the world, it's thriving, particularly in oh. the UK. So it's brand new concept so here. So great opportunities for you here then. Absolutely. And Pam basically gave consent and permission to, you know, develop her model further and implement programming here. Oh, wonderful. How do I describe that? For me, her take was reminiscence work. So Blackheath had this lovely little 
storefront window that looked like a tiny little candy shop. But when you walked in, it was blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks of building and space and workshops, uh, a little antique cafe where school children would come and mingle with the seniors. They ran all kinds of programs. They had a theater company of seniors that performed, Mm. wrote their own material. They often would work on a theme, and then that whole environment just would transform. The entire community becomes involved, artists, seniors, professionals. And how do they become involved? Is it they just They research a topic and a theme. No, they, they create theater. They create workshops, training sessions. Where do the people come from that participate? All around. All around So it's London. open to anyone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a general community center. Okay. Yeah. So they have ongoing training for healthcare professionals in dementia. They have research. Uh, Pam's quite a prolific writer, so there's a tremendous amount of resource material that's available and, and shared. So huge inspiration. And from that point on, in essence, the past, I'd say, almost 10 years have been primarily doing reminiscence work. Reminiscence in, theater here work in Victoria? Here, here in Victoria. So okay. I had the great privilege of becoming involved with the Center of Aging here. Oh, great. Who at that time had a Michael Smith granted opportunity to blend or to create a bridge between academic research and the general community. Okay. So I became involved there and... At one point in time, again, it's who you meet along the way yes, that you unexpect it? completely. Right. But I happened to meet someone with in Viha who was interested in learning more. So she invited me to do a pilot project, a reminiscence project in an adult day center mobile program. Okay. So I went in initially and just hung out, got to know people establish rapport, then would do a few drama sessions on just to get help the seniors become comfortable. What type of wave. drama is your specialty? Because a lot of people think that drama and theater is just on stage, but yet it's more than acting in a play. There can be so many different ways to do drama. Exactly. Well, we could talk for years on yes, that. Yes, I know. I could talk to you for years on a that. week, and but I know but this show essence, is only half hour. <laughs> I sort of, my, my primary interest yes. is the growth and change and esteem development that occurs for the people you're working with. Yes. One-on-one, moment-by-moment, day-by-day, week-by-week. The ultimate goal initially isn't necessarily to put the seniors on stage to perform. You certainly can. So So you're doing more exercises. Yeah, I mean, you start... I started with drama exercises just to get them comfortable. Then I would sit down and do one-on-one interviews, transcribe them verbatim, come back for consent and, and agreement on what parts of their stories to share, and then we would create a theater performance. Oh, uh, the challenge fabulous. with senior, uh, to backtrack again, there's different levels, and you can yes. do it with and for seniors. Yes. So it's just the process, whatever occurs with them. Right. So you're flowing it's, with what's it's, there. You're not forcing. It stops with that. Or another level, which we've done here too, is to bring in a group of professional actors who then take these stories and then they create a professional theater performance and come back and perform for the seniors. I like the flexibility of this program. Yeah. So it's sort of evolved and it's it's morphed. So what we did there in the adult day program with the staff who were fantastically supportive and engaged, we developed what we called a staged radio play. 
Because oh, the challenge fabulous. was how do we actively engage the seniors without making it a negative experience? You right. can't expect 99-year-old people to memorize lines and jump on stage. So right. we formed a very simple activity that was hugely successful. We After the interviews were transcribed, then we created story booklets. We created visual displays of their background, photographs. And then those were condensed into a staged radio play where all we really did was sit the seniors around a table as if they normally did, pretending, acting, yes. to be interviewed for a radio show. Oh, brilliant. So they're sitting with their friends, and they're sharing each other's stories. They're oh, simply reading so brilliant. Them. They weren't on the spot. They weren't yeah. intimidated. They weren't expectations that were not doable. Yeah. And then uh, we practiced that a few times, and then we set up in one of the community halls. We invited all the family. So, so they had a studio audience. Yeah. This is like an old-time we radio did, show. We did a simulation radio yeah. show basically so the staff were enrolled as djs we made up a radio name and, nice. and had some narrative in between the scenes and then basically one by one the seniors read their stories those that could those right. that couldn't family did or staff did and Brilliant. we videotaped this and and then by the end um they were all given a, a dvd of the and what do, what do you feel that uh, what is your impression of the participants' response to this? Oh, huge. One, they'd never done anything like this in their life before. And I guess it still is the core of why I continue to do it. It's about honoring and paying tribute to the seniors and their lived experiences. Yes. That they've, you know, the majority will say, well, I don't have a story to tell. I haven't right. done anything very interesting. I'm not a when, hero. I haven't done this big thing. Yes. And a generation where we don't really talk about it all. So it, it's a wonderful right. opportunity to really just pay tribute and honor their contributions and and ultimately boost their esteem or, oh, yeah. or, or sense of well-being. and, and The respect and for so the forth. dignity yeah. of the people you're and working with sounds amazing. Yeah. So staff see their seniors differently. They don't have the time to sit down one-on-one like that. Yeah, not because they don't care, but they just yeah. can't if you need to. There's so, so much that happens to take mm-hmm. care of Mm-hmm. Uh, at these facilities mm-hmm. that you just can't be it can't be done by one person or just it's just one small staff you right. have to have people like right. you right. who are creating a bigger community mm-hmm. for them oh yeah. this is so wonderful so huge so uh, that was very successful the the program um won in the blair saddler international healing arts award oh um, fantastic which is excellent as it is in life, though, funding was not available to continue on, so that deceased. Yes. It actually follows the a, a lot of the tenants in theater, right? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I did a lot of theater, community mm-hmm. theater, um, mm-hmm. and the one thing that was so amazing about theater is you'd get in with this wonderful energy with people putting together a wonderful show, but it would always be over. Mm-hmm. They were finite. It yeah. was two months, and then you move on to something else. Set it wasn't this, struck, you did the you same thing theater. all the time. Yeah. So you had your ending, mm-hmm. but I would guess that as in a typical experienced theater person as yourself, you moved on to something else, right? I continued on, in essence, deep in yes. my heart, was I could really, really see, it was antidotal, of course, at that stage, but I could see the positive impact yes. the engagement had on the seniors, on healthcare staff, on families. 
and I really was quite moved by it and wanted to continue. So in essence then, inevitably, yes, back at school I am again right yes. now in the great privilege of be starting my second year in Social Dimensions of Health, a new program here at UVic. Excellent, excellent, excellent interdisciplinary program. So f- for myself, I'm looking at our beginning. Yes. <laughs> I've done my coursework, and now we'll see where we go. Oh, good looking for you. Looking at how active engagement in the arts can enhance quality of life for older adults residing in care. Okay. And so far, when you do the research globally, there's a phenomenal amount of work, very exciting work being done globally, generally in the arts, very little in terms of reminiscence theater specifically, and even less so in care. It's Mm. the general, you know, there are a lot of our seniors are living longer and longer, healthier, active lives. Right. There's a very small percentage that are actually in care. Five to seven percent are actually in care. So that population, they receive a lot of excellent health care, nursing care, and social care and recreational activity. But the majority of the entertainment is entertainment. Yeah. They're passive observers. So what I'm really interested in is finding ways that we adapt Mm -hmm. what we do in applied theater for that particular demographic so that they are engaged. Now, don't you also utilize puppetry? <laughs> is that one of the, yeah, the things? Yeah, it's of all things. I yeah. love puppetry. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity. I stumbled on a puppetry internship <laughs> in Edom, Netherlands, actually, mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It was Field Theater Holland, and it was fantastic. Yeah. So I've just seen the most amazing, amazing shows, storylines mm-hmm. that come through I actually feel even better with a puppet mm-hmm. than they did without it. Um, it's That's not a, just for children. No, no, no. <laughs> There's a field in of itself. Yes, I am also puppeteer. My yeah. my line, my joke is I keep trying not to be one. There it is again. <laughs> there it is again. And even in this context, right? So I've, yes. I've made, I've built, I've sold, I've performed some, taught how to use it in education context, etc., but interestingly enough, believe it or not, in yes. the care facility that I'm working in, we have a puppetry program. I think that's That brilliant. emerged literally, I've had the great opportunity to design and develop arts program as part of a whole recreation brilliant. activity team. And given creative license, and my initial thought was I'd love to bring in visual artists and get a program, but we didn't have the budget and... I'd put it on the calendar and went, yikes, what am I going to do? <laughs> oh, well, I'll just do some puppets this week. Whew, took off like mad. So over the past four years, we have made hand puppets, rod puppets, bunraku, uh, awesome. and we just we go through step by step the process of making them, and then a little side coaching interview will devise the character and make up our own bizarre play. And then bring in some professional performers during our our yearly arts festival that yes. we do there that uh, Elder Care Foundation supports. So we've had people like Timothy Gosley, who oh, was he's with fabulous, absolutely fantastic, yeah. yeah. And he is on the island. He helped create Fraggle Rock. Oh yeah, absolutely. For, for going absolutely. back a, a few decades, but uh, again, and is doing exceptional fabulous. work in the community now. Yes, with his theater in his home that he. I've has. gone to a couple of his workshops. Yeah. I love it. And Brilliant. But yeah, if you think fortunate. about it, it's so interesting that when we think of puppetry, 
we immediately think, oh, it's just for children. But yet Mm -hmm. what I've seen, I've seen people who don't talk about their problems. They won't talk about themselves, but I've watched them put a puppet on their hand Mm -hmm. and tell their life story through that puppet. Well, and there's a lot of theory, a lot of grounded academic theory in this too. Really, what is it? It's it's an inanimate object brought to life. What is it? It's a transference. We're transferring parts of self. Yes. It's a distancing technique. It's not you saying it, it's the puppet saying it. So, you know, children, adults alike will speak through and work through. So there's that therapeutic benefit. Yes. Again, the overlap that I'm quite interested in. And certainly with the seniors, it's phenomenal because at first people generally, what? We're yeah. not children. We're not making puppets. Right. We're old. We're 80. We're 90. Yes. But it's not about that. Right. It's, it's an activity. So what I've witnessed occur has just been magnificent. Yes. People that are often don't have someone to speak to. There's now group discussions. There's a lot of laughter. Yes. They're coming out of their shell. They're doing things physically yes. even that they didn't think they could do. Well, um, and it is sculpting, art. Even sculpting the clay initially. Yes. It's good for your hands. It's good for yes. arthritis. So It's good for the soul. And yeah. it involves also, it touches on that thing that I think as we become adults, we're, we're kind of told we're not allowed to play mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that you, if you were to throw a, a group of adults at, at maybe a big old boring board meeting somewhere, and all of a sudden there were puppets <laughs> in that room, I bet you they would have the most creative board meeting they've ever had because people would start playing with those puppets or building or just I don't know I've just I've found it amazingly um, enlightening and healing there's so many words you could mm-hmm. use and they all come out of the light the lightheartedness yeah. of the puppet. Giving yourself permission to play as an adult is just so important we're yes. so bogged down with a tremendous amount of workload and all the responsibilities that we carry but to really be freed up to play and allow your imagination. And to be truthful, I notice that in myself too, as, as a student buried yes. in the academic world and also working recently the past few years in praxis. I, at times, am going, where's my creativity? What's happened to it? Yes. Like I have to really, at times, work at allowing myself to just truly be open and explore. Right. And you think, okay, I, I am I go, wasting my time. Happen? Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> no, and you're the you're the play puppet expert, really. Yeah. And but I, yeah, I've caught myself doing the same thing. And you think I don't have time for that. And then it usually comes at some surrender moment when you've just you're so tired and you're and <laughs> and you're just like, okay, whatever. I have to. I can't write anymore. I can't look at the computer. Then you finally allow yourself that moment of play. <laughs> and in about five seconds you say why did I wait so long to do this yeah. it, it cures my writing block it, mm-hmm. it, my mind is just freed my heart is free well it's like the creative process right for me it happened those aha inspirational moments happen in the non ah, oh, the sort of mundane tasks of everyday life right yes. I'll be putzing I'll reorganize a room I'll vacuum but I, what occurs in that is that creative process, right? You, yes. you you research, research, you gather, gather, gather in for, you store it away. But it has to incubate, it has to settle in. Yeah, it has to stew for it a ha- while. It has to come. And everyone, of course, has their own creative process. But, right. But, yeah, definitely go, aha, uh-huh, there it is. And off you go. Now, do you have a particular story 
when you could really see the it's process at separate, work because it's just sort of each and every one so individually ah. important it's the glow it's the the smile the the disbelief that they've done it because one thing i do is i treat it as if it was a real art exhibit so when we finished a set oh. we turn the entire main lounge area into an art exhibit studio we oh, set up brilliant. the tables we write out their bios, their artist bios. We write out oh. the character descriptions and then display the puppets and set the residents right beside their characters and oh, then invite our audiences great. in to just mingle and chat and ask all the questions they want of the artists. So I think that is most meaningful to me when I see see amazing pride in what they've yes. done, and particularly a few who've done it now a few years in a row. What I also find interesting, not to digress, this thing about memory. Yes. A lot, quite a few are dealing with cognitive challenges, and one particular older adult comes to mind who cannot recall from day to day that she's been doing this, has been involved, yet when you're in the process, your hands are on it, completely engaged, as if they were just yes artists for years. But then there's not a memory that they did it. And there was one event at one of these art exhibits. This individual came through the lounge, was just wandering through, and in her beautiful accent looked up and said, Oh, that's mine. That's the one I did, which I thought, now that's interesting. Yes. So what is it about that artistic experience that enabled her to recall that that yes. was actually hers? Because that technically is something that this person would not likely be able to do theoretically given her I think, cognitive state. So yes. I think I think one of the beauties that happen in the theater and in the arts is that I think we create a sense memory as many yes. of the theorists talk about. Um, and you tap deeper into your the, their own personal dignity and pride and respect for themselves and perhaps you know maybe they, they felt touch failure and uh, everything they, else yeah and i'd never approach it as a success or failure yeah. event it is no right or wrong and i right, state exactly. that it's just whatever we create we create but if maybe someone's lived their life feeling that and then to see something they create and in their mind they're like i did that that's powerful yeah so that's it so there's oh there's dozens and dozens and dozens of other questions that sort of emerge and float around as I'm working away on it, um, too many to mention. So where are you going then from this point? You're at the point of just beginning your research? You said you finished your coursework? I'm, I have one course left, a directed course study, left. which is a reminiscence project I'm doing okay. as a directed study. Um, so all my Social Dimensions of Health coursework is completed, and the next level is going into comprehensive. And the comprehensive is? Our topic, well, there'll be a series of questions that are It's an exam? Mm -hmm. The comprehensive mm -hmm. is an exam. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what you take before you're given permission to be able to do before research? Before you're a candidate for a PhD. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, close. we'll be get, so right now I'm in the process of doing literature reviews and, and the general areas. So I'm looking at uh, reminiscence, applied theater, multicultural, what exists um, in arts and healthcare programming globally, what, what exists in Canada, and again, specifically, also doing a comparative to India because it's like that will be emerging in oh, another project. Wonderful. Oh, well, thank mm -hmm. you so much for being here, Trudy. Your ideas are so inspiring. 
just the fact that you're doing interdisciplinary shows, I love it. that you're not limited to some particular way somebody says you have to experience education, way that you have to be in life. Yeah. You've been willing to explore, and as a result, you're producing things that other people haven't done or thought of. You're just really open. Thank you. And I, well, I'm a real advocate for interdisciplinary study because I think although there are, you know, paradigms and differences, I think differences are all right. Yes. And I can, I really believe strongly that quantitative and qualitative methods, et cetera, can inform each other. Yes. The more perspectives we can add to a particular question, the better, yes. I believe. Well, I hope that you will keep in touch and let me know of how your uh, project is going. Thank you. Again, thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV.